the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I need to be careful on how I state this, but I feel relatively comfortable. Most of the stocks that I own today, none of them have come into fruition, I don't think, in the last 10 years. Most of them are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, that's not an exact. Give me a little bit of leeway on that. But I buy brand names a lot for individual stocks and for statistical coverage. I'll buy like an ETF. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but I see a lot of professionals go that way. And I'm talking about in my own personal portfolio. I tend to like to manage the stocks. I tend to like let other people manage the ETFs and indexes and funds. But at some point, you let other people do it if you want professional management who are doing it every single day, five days a week, eight hours a day, you know, 50 weeks of the year with two-week vacation, some sick days thrown in. That's an easier way for most of us to get along. But then again, do you have that kind of confidence? Let me ask a question. When marijuana stocks two years ago got approved for widespread consumption, use, recreational in Canada, it looked like that sector was going to open up and become kind of a, let's find little new companies that are publicly traded. Problem was the federal government wasn't on board and still isn't. So a lot of companies are like cash only companies. They're willing to be publicly traded. They're willing to do business in cash, but they don't want their business shut down because they're doing transactions. Um, so after more marijuana stocks, no, no, after more states went pro marijuana in the recent election, stocks like Aurora Cannabis and Tilray shot up. And now after the election, Halo, Shine, whatever you want to call it, has worn off <laughs> after the election. Hi, is that good? Yeah, yeah, you with me? After that original puff has worn off, the stocks are trading lower. Um, it's all I can again say is I, this is not an industry that I'm doing any much, maybe not even any research on. Um, from what I've seen, the research that I've done in the last couple of years hasn't shown me that these are sustainable or competitive edge products. It will be interesting to see if Coca-Cola can come up with or Pepsi can come up with or Anheuser-Busch can come up with a CBD drink that Americans flock to. I think science is telling us, and this is where I don't know a lot of science, I think science is telling us CBD can help calm people who have anxiety. I think it's somehow good for glaucoma. I don't know how because <laughs> I can't see my eyes are all fogged up and I'm high as a kite. No. Um, see, there will be like a holy grail there, but it might be a bigger company 
that it has less impact on their sales. Um, that's worthy of note. So the big story of the day is the markets are jumping. There is more recognition that Biden is in a better and better position as the days and weeks go on in the recounts. So I think more people are probably allocating their portfolio for Biden. I don't think it's going to be a big portfolio shakeup. The question is, are the things that would shake up, can they possibly happen? We know that there's a student loan forgiveness angle the administration will pursue. What if they were to say, we'll fund that by charging higher estate planning taxes on the wealthy? And then suddenly all the middle class and lower class are like, yeah, yeah, we're not wealthy. We don't have stocks. You can tax them. Or what if the wealthy contribute enough to their politicians that the politicians like, well, we rethought it. And we think we should tax the middle class <laughs> on cigarettes. And all the cigarette money will go straight to the college relief fund. And then everyone who doesn't smoke, we're like, yeah, tax the smokers, tax the smokers. We vote that. We vote that. So we're going to start seeing some of the policies and, and what might change. And right now, it seems like the likelihood, because the Senate has not flipped, maybe it will. It seems that all likelihood that we won't have a president who has the ability to get a lot of legislation through that taxes the rich. Again, that's as far as I go political conversation, but there still seems to be enough mixed government that Wall Street's comfortable with it. If you were to get a blue sweep in two years or in four years, or if the Senate goes blue, um, you might be more on the fence of like, wow, maybe I should sell some of my long-standing winners like Nike and Qualcomm and Apple, all companies I own. Uh, because if I'm going to be taxed on my winning. If I made a million dollars in each of them, I'm going to be taxed 20%, 23.8%. Um, and if the Democrats say, we're going to go all the way up to 35%, I'd be like, whoa, I better take some of that money off the table before that law goes into effect. That could be a kind of a portfolio changing thing, but is there enough momentum there to make that happen? Or is it more status quo? Don't forget a lot of the Trump tax cuts are going to expire. Um, which, again, depending on what state, I think it's it feels like it had different effects on people in different states. Is that fair to say? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Trump over the weekend texted out an apparent admission that he had lost, and then he's been trying to walk it back. And all I can tell you once again is this is Twitter, this is Facebook, this is Google Gmail. I know that there's been an email that I sent out that I was like, oh, whoa, wait, 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 come back. And when Google said, we're going to start letting you pull back emails before the recipient opens them, I'm like, that's kind of nice. So Google has started to charge for extra storage on their Gmail. And they're kind of scaling it in not to piss people off. Buck 99 a month. That's not, doesn't sound re unreasonable, right? That should add at least $3 billion to their bottom line. Google has, on Friday, said the same exact thing about Google Photos. So if you're using Google Photo to back up all the photos on your phone, even if you have an iPhone, and you're kind of circumventing Apple, who's trying to charge you $1.99, $2.99, $3.99, $4.99, whatever percentage of storage you're going to buy from them, Google's going to start charging $1.99 on storage limits that, again, they're kind of being vague on maybe new storage that goes over the max. 
another $3 billion bottom line. Does that make Google more attractive to me that they're monetizing something they were giving away for free? It does. And it actually makes them look less like a monopoly on some levels, doesn't it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Just in time for Christmas, you freaky, deaky, diabetic wannabes out there. Cinnabon has been gun selling its signature cream cheese frosting by the pint for the first time ever. Isn't it just like pure sugar? Is there anything else in that? So go buy a bag of sugar, warm it up, and it's about the same thing in my mind, but for $5.99. A pint of pure sugar for $5.99. That's 900 U.S. locations throughout the United States. Um, wow. Is that like a pandemic breakthrough? Is that a restaurant thinking outside the box of how can we get people to do business with us? Or is that just... As much as I hate to say it, it is what it is. It's a nice way, I guess, to feel at home. I do like cinnamon rolls. Uh, Beyond Meat is in the news today, launching two new versions of its meatless burger. They have had a, a time of it. Before the pandemic, they were growing momentum as an alternative plant-based protein. Restaurants were starting to serve their burgers. It's tough to explain, but bars and grills and mom and pop kind of restaurants really took to Beyond Meat more so than, say, the McDonald's and the Wendy's of the world. McDonald's and Wendy's has to have the same exact product across every state, across every country, maybe even every planet for us to feel comfortable with their food. So Beyond Meat was enjoying it. They had the millennials saying plant-based protein. Um, Don't kill the cows. Cows fart. That's bad for the ozone layer. Cows consume a lot of water. That's bad for the planet. Best way to go is meatless protein, right? So they had it going for them. Those restaurants got shut down during COVID. And it turns out they were fine because you and I were going to the grocery stores and stocking up on it and putting it in our freezers just in case. And then the last quarter hit and there was a, a big problem because we didn't resupply and the restaurants didn't reopen. Okay. And that's the story of Beyond Meat in the last four quarters. Now their next quarter is going to be about some new product. Beyond Meat said that one of its patties, its juiciest yet, has 35% less saturated fat than a burger made from a blend of beef. That's 80% lean and 20% fat. The other burger is meant to appeal more to a health-minded consumer with 55% less saturated fat than a typical burger. So they're coming out with new versions. And I guess... It's going to say now even meatier or now even juicier or now even plantier. So as meat substitutes beyond meat and impossible foods have grown more popular, their burgers have drawn criticism for being marketed as healthier alternatives to red meat. Dietitians have said that it would be better for consumers to view plant-based burgers as an indulgence as they would a beef burger. So they're not even as healthy for you as, per se, you would think. So, ah, why can't there be a simple answer, right? Why can't we have Cinnabon selling its frosting around the world in a pint-sized... Oh, they do? Happy days are here again. Okay, so Moderna comes up with 
a vaccine. That's the second one. There's still, at least by my count, six big major studies going worldwide. We're in the driver's seat of where we should be in six months to nine months to a year. It's really tough to say the next couple of weeks. I think a lot of people are bracing for the worst. I know in-laws that will not travel to anyone's family, even though three months ago they were traveling. Now they're like, we're bracing for the worst. And if you look at the statistics, they look volcanic in the last two to three weeks. And it brings up another question of, yes, we may be in the driver's seat in six to nine months. It brings up the question of what's the next six months to look like. But it also brings up the question of what's it look like a year, two years, three years, four years from now. Travel won't go back to normal even after vac- top vaccine. Uh, excuse me. The headline is travel won't go back to normal even after a vaccine. So Trivago, it seems like there's one too many travel websites when you have to come up with a word like Trivago. We're going to mix the word go with travel, but trivia, or we don't even know vacation might be in there. Trivago. Chief Financial Officer Matthias Tillman thinks Pfizer's latest news about its vaccine was a welcome development. That was 90% effective. Moderna is saying we're at 94. And it's less freezing than theirs, which is a big part of distribution. But Trivago's revenue is likely to fall 70 to 80% in 2020 from 2019 levels. That makes sense, right? They haven't projected 2021. They're closely watching what destinations people search for on their site starting in January of this year. When most travelers will start thinking about spring break and summer vacations next year when there's more distribution of vaccine is the thought. But they say international travel also depends on business trips rebounding, and that could be longer than the the vacations. So it sounds like they're kind of putting a wash on spring break, maybe something in by summertime of 2021. But longer term, they're saying international business travel, it's it's not going to be great. Um, I kind of agree with that. I was just talking with my producer about the mask wearing mandates going back into effect and cities going back on lockdown. I'm like, I just don't think Americans are going to take it that seriously. Because they'll have that mentality, well, if it hasn't killed me yet, and I'm wearing my darn mask, and he's like, yep, I wear my darn mask. And I I kind of feel like the masks, I don't know. I just don't think we're going to be at full capacity anything. I I think sports, when we see 18,130 people cheering at a game of 18,130 seats, we'll say that's good. But then we're also going to want to look around international flights and how many routes have been reestablished. And are the airlines able to come out of this disastrous time with a better plan? Maybe fewer routes, more seats, uh, or butts in seats, or more routes, some butts not in seats, but more routes, more opportunity. Uh, something tells me it's going to be fewer routes, get as many butts in seats as possible for as long as possible, maximize each flight. And then we'll be back at one point in time going, God, it's crowded on this plane. to get your calls on the air. So I think that's what the vaccine brings up. Three questions. The next three to six months. Then after that, six to nine months of distribution and, and, you know, year one. 
year two when we're, we've been everyone who wants the shot is going to get the shot by the end of year one, right? So I think that's what we're looking at. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Microsoft looks beyond the console wars now. The PlayStation 5 has dropped. They've got a stronger slate of exclusive new titles at the new Xbox Series X. Microsoft is trying to pump more content out. <clears throat> we'll talk about that and more. I don't know. If you haven't got your Xbox, your PlayStation, it, it might be a skimpy Christmas for you because they're not exactly flooding the markets, if you know what I'm saying. Tough to find, tough to find, unless you're going to pay secondhand prices on eBay. You can find me online at robblackshow.com and newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Isn't it kind of interesting? I want to revisit one story before we move forward that experts are forecasting declining birth rates this year as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, putting pressure on the consumer giants that manufacture things like baby formula, baby food, baby diapers. It's a big business. Um, it's not cheap having a baby. So it kind of creates economic stimulus because you're spending more money, in my opinion. But sometimes you're taking away money from other things like, ah, I used to vacation with my wife. Now I'm just going to stay at home and put diapers on my kids. Can't do both. They're both too expensive. <laughs> Only have so much money. I get that it could be kind of a redirection of your, your budget. But the thought also is, like, like I said, it's a future taxpayer. It's a weird concept to talk about, but babies are a lot of things. Um, they're a, a, f a future part of inflation, supply and demand. They will demand food every single day for the rest of their lives or they die. And that will, will put a crimp on the supply chain of food. So I look at everything, even making babies during a pandemic or not making babies during a pandemic. Again, for my friends who are in their 20s and 30s, it's it hurts your savings rate having a baby and you're it's easier to save and live life without children than it is to with children because you want to give your children things like food like education like vacations like things that cost money so try to learn to think like that and you become a better investor in my mind 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I think the story of the day, obviously, is Moderna's vaccine more effective than expected. That's great. For me, the reaction on Wall Street is it's, it's muted compared to last week. But we already have some of those big gains from last week in the last 10 or 11, 12 business days. I'm seeing everything move a little bit higher. But I think the important part of Wall Street is the Dow hit a record high. Will we be able to close at it? Will we be able to get through it? Will we be able to build on it? Those are questions for another day. So we didn't see the explosive stock market reaction. It's not bad. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to poo-poo a 1.1% move, but on a day where we win the victory, we win another battle in the war against COVID-19. Not to exaggerate, right? But I'm also taking a look at crude oil. It's moving above $40 a barrel. That's positive. That kind of vindicates the excitement of COVID. 
gold? I see getting a little higher, and I'm like, huh, that should be getting a little bit lower. People should be saying, like, happy days are here again in six to nine months because we got another vaccine, even more effective vaccine. Ten-year treasury sits at 89 basis points. And for the record, none of these vaccines have been approved yet. And I suppose in between now and the certification process, let's say it causes you to grow, have a baby's head grow out of your back. Maybe we don't want to take it because of that. Well, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind having a baby. That'd be our friend. Um, there's still things that could go wrong with this thesis. But a 10-year treasury sitting around 90, I think the next big psychological will be one, 100 basis points. Um, Bitcoin's a little bit higher today. Again, that doesn't tend to make a lot of sense. You can start getting into weaker dollar, more stimulus needed, but that's not the story today. The story is economy better, supporting the dollar. There's some things that aren't like falling into place per se. Now, a company that can do well without theme parks and movies, Disney. They've been weathering the storm because they have Disney Plus. Otherwise, we would find that stock to be miserable and we would be putting it at 52-week lows, not near 52-week highs. They're up five bucks a day on that COVID news. Um, big tech companies, Nike, uh, Google and Qualcomm and Apple, they're also higher today. So there's, is it large cap tech day? Hmm. Golf has a thing called moving day, which I guess is Saturday where you see the leaderboards change for winners and losers. Like, I guess Tiger Woods was in it and on Saturday he was out of it. So he was moving out of contention. So they call it moving day. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but we do have a new administration coming in, it looks like. Um, I kind of still want to be careful and sensitive to whoever's out there who wants the elections one way or the next. But um, that's going to be an interesting time because we have a lot of information that transitions from presidency to presidency, and that doesn't seem to be happening yet. I don't think it's the end of the world, but we're going to start saying, okay. If we can't focus on the economic stimulus, because it's not there yet, if we can't focus on the next uh, president's plan because they're not developed yet, but there are some thoughts of like, okay, he says he wants to strengthen Social Security. Well, how is he going to do that? Probably raise taxes. Is that a deal starter or a deal breaker? Probably a deal breaker, according to history. Um, so we could start formulating what the next administration will be able to pull off and won't. One of them that is going to be radically different is Betsy DeVos, who's running the education department for the Trump administration. U.S. student loan system and debt forgiveness is going to be a big thing. What's it look like? Right now, roughly 44 million Americans hold nearly $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. Multiple lawmakers have proposed various bills it seems to be one thing that the Democrats, I've got to be careful, seems to be one area of focus over the next two years of what can we do about our, our student debt problem. And it's been a problem for years. I've been doing the show for 20 plus years, and we keep talking about rising credit card debt. We keep talking about rising mortgage debt. We keep talking about rising U.S. federal deficit debt, state budget debt, student debt, 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 debt. debt. I used to say that college debt was good debt because it was typically pretty low cost and it got you an education, which typically gets you a better job. I don't know if the millennials agree with me. 
they've had a couple of bad things happen in their first 15 years of business, of life after college. Um, Elizabeth Warren has called for President-elect Joe Biden to use executive action to cancel billions of dollars in student loan debt, which she argues could be the single most effective executive action available to provide massive consumer-driven stimulus. I don't know how I, how I feel about that. And again, sometimes when it comes to money, it turns into, mm, sounds like a good idea until take money out of my pocket. Or it sounds like a good idea, but are you going to give me money? A lot of politics seems to happen that way. You know, two, a Republican and Democrat could hate each other. And then like, well, if you sign my deal, I'll give your state, you know, a cut of the action. Well, it's a done deal. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do to clean up student debt. It is a problem. Um, do we hammer on colleges to lower their cost? Do we as parents say, you're not going to go to a $25,000 a year school. We're going to send you a $10,000 a year school. Do we hold it on ourselves to effectively police the out of control, higher costs of public education? Or do we want the government to do it for us? Do we want the kids to do it? Do we want to take on more debt? Do we want to take on debt longer? Do we want lower interest rate debt? But debt is always going to be a problem. That's one of the first lessons that a, an ex-girlfriend's father taught me. And uh, he and his, his daughter were serious, and it looked like we were on that track. And he pulled me aside, and he, he gave me the talk, you know, the money talk. He's like, just so you know, Rob, I have a mortgage. I'm in my late 50s. I expect to have a mortgage on the day I die. and Debt's okay. Don't stress about debt. And I was like, that's a weird conversation for father, father-in-law, son-in-law kind of potential relationship going on. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, you know, don't get my daughter pregnant until you put a ring on her finger. I thought it was going to be something like that kind of thing. But he told me that you're going to have debt forever. And I think that's okay within reason. Again, there's good debt and bad debt. Good debt, I used to say student debt and mortgage debt. The mortgage debt was low cost and it was tax deductible last four years, the new tax code kind of changed some of the affordability of high cost debt, like in California and the state of New York, where to get a home, the average home is a million dollars, right? Versus the rest of the United States where it's 300,000. Let's give the average home the tax deduction, but not the, the middle-class guy who's trying to afford a million dollar home, which he probably shouldn't have, but you get the idea. So we're going to see some, some speculation. What I wanted to get at is Trump appointed a Republican kind of donor who really didn't know her way around the Department of Education, Betsy DeVos. And I don't, I don't know anyone well, but nothing good has really happened during the tenure there. And that'll be an area where we're going to see some action, in my belief. Again, I think Biden's going to try Social Security. I think it's going to fail. I think Biden's going to try student loan debt, and we'll see what materializes and to what size. Because I think Americans all agree it's a problem until it uh, until you have to like, what you're going to tax me more? Well, let let little little kids fend for themselves. Zoom is dropping video chat limits for Thanksgiving. I think this is a smart move. I've seen more conversations about people not hanging out at this Thanksgiving due to the spikes in COVID cases. Zoom is removing its 40-minute video call time limit for Thanksgiving 2020. The change comes amid directions from health officials to not travel this Thanksgiving. 
Zoom is calling the gesture a thank you to the customers. Um, so you're going to be able to go for longer than 40 minutes. In a very Thanksgiving 2020 twist, that's weird that we're, we're celebrating this with praise. Zoom video calling software exploded in popularity. Um, I, I think we're all using it, right? Or I think we all have used it. We've got over 10 million positive cases in the United States. 230,000 people have died from the disease, which is very serious. Thanks for taking it seriously. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money investing. I'm looking at a stock market rallying across the board. Russell 2000, Russell 1000, Russell 3000, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, the SP 500. It's tough to find a loser. And yet, one of the stocks that I recently bought is a loser today. And it's like, ah. But. Market's made up of winners and losers, and it's okay. We're starting to see two vaccine candidates that are very promising. They have not been approved, but data is leaking that they look really good. 90% effective, 94% effective. That leads to the concept, the idea of economic rebound, more V-shaped. Think of it as more of a natural natural disaster but it's not going to be that way for the whole economy but for parts of it it could be where ultimately when san francisco gets hit by a big earthquake knock on wood about a year from now we're still going to see cranes in the sky rebuilding what was knocked down people who lost homes in the paradise fire they're still rebuilding a year plus later my in-laws in santa rosa who lost a home they never rebuilt they just moved Last week's Pfizer and this week's Moderna announcement have sparked hope for an economic recovery. Just one thing I want to be cautious on is I don't know how full it will be of a V. And I still think that some sectors are going, you know, have been largely impacted. In the next six months, it's there's going to see more restaurants closing forever. Anyhow, I'm not trying to go negative. <laughs> it's tough not to, though, right? So travel, travel executives are clearly saying, you know, hey, we may get back to flying quick trips to Disneyland, but we are not expecting big trips to Europe for the foreseeable future. So it's going to look a little different, a little the same, right? It's not going to be something you want to just throw across and say, got it done. Um, Microsoft is looking beyond the console at this point in time. Microsoft and Sony have both released video game consoles this week. The Xbox Series X was priced at $500, the Series S at $300. Good luck getting your hands on either one of them, as the initial batch sold out in probably about 15 minutes. And from what I'm hearing, the only people getting their Microsoft Xboxes are those who ordered from Microsoft exclusively, and those who got one on Amazon or EB Games or Walmart or Best Buy. Target, 
They still haven't shipped yet, even though they said they would ship on November 10th, taking a look at the ship dates. You could kind of see that it's a mess. Gaming represents 24% of Sony's revenue. It's only about 8% of Microsoft's, but Microsoft is a widely held stock. It's the third most valuable public company behind only Apple. And who's the second most valued company in the world, do you think? Is it Amazon? Nope. Saudi Aramco, big oil company. When Microsoft introduced the Xbox One in 2013, Sony released the PlayStation 4. Sony shipped 4.2 million units. Microsoft shipped 3.8 million. Sony had set the price of the PlayStation 4 at $400, $100 below the price of the Xbox, which was priced at $500, the Xbox One. Pricing is very sensitive. Now, Microsoft One also had a, a product in it called the Kinect, which never really caught on. It would like do voice commands and it would understand motion gestures. So when you were playing, if you wanted to use your hands as karate sticks, in theory, I was able to see it. It wasn't a major hit. So basically, a couple of years later, Microsoft said, you know what? We better come out with a big package now, drop the Kinect, and lower the price to $400 to be one-on-one -on -one with Sony, but we'll catch up because it's a bigger package. A lot of video game makers, the hardware is a loss leader in the first year. And they try to make it up in year two, three, four, five on more software on top of the original hardware purchase. Microsoft spent time promoting the entertainment capabilities of Xbox rather than focusing more directly on gaming. They probably should have bought more studios instead of more marketing. Get great games and the gamers will follow. PlayStation owners got exclusives to Uncharted 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man. The Xbox has Halo 5. So through the years getting these exclusives, it's going to be a big thing. So now you're going to want to watch to see what studios buy what, what, what game makers buy what studios. Is Activision or Electronic Arts ever up for sale? Probably too big. But there's a lot that goes into the success or failure of a company like a Microsoft. The move to cloud probably strengthened them. There's a lot of people probably sit around with Windows on their, their computer and it was like eight, nine years old and they're like, I don't want to get a new computer because I got my Word. And I got my email browser. I'm good. But as they stopped selling the hard version and it said you have to go online with an internet connection if you want to use our product, you don't have to. But it's you're pushed that way. You end up paying for a premium subscription. Subscriptions are a big thing on Wall Street, are they not? You have a subscription like Netflix. You have a, on a lot of levels, Amazon's a subscription with Amazon Prime. Um, you tend to use it and you tend to get used to using it and you tend to get it embedded in your life and it's tough to unwind. Microsoft's gaming wing has been on an acquisition spree as you would imagine for this point of this conversation. They've bought 23 game development studios. So Sony's only at 14 at this point in time. Microsoft has approached game developers in Japan, the home country of both Nintendo and Sony. So they're, they're trying to hit them where it hurts. <laughs> Are you with me? Video gaming console wars, kind of like 
a war, but kind of on a business level. Nobody wins in wars, do they? But for video game players. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.